Welcome to Broke to Rich with KB, where we believe wealth is a mindset. B2R is a community space that promotes physical, financial, and mental wellness by highlighting personal experiences and offering educational tips to break cycles and habits that prevent you from being free to think, feel, and move as you want, being your authentic self. I'm KB, and let's get into it. We are back for part two. Broke to Rich podcast. I feel like we don't move a lot of the time as we overthink. Even with content creation in this conversation, daily mantra I tell myself is I don't overthink it. Part of overthinking it, I think, is tied to fear, at least for me personally. I don't know about y'all, but I know part of my overthinking, it's tied to fear. The perception I have for others is ego. Now, that's not the case for me. I'm quick to tell somebody I do not know, but I will find the answer. Even in corporate setting, like I'm not a great liar, so I don't even try to lie. <laughs> and like, it's interesting to see my colleagues get up there. I know you don't know what you're talking about. Some people got the gift of gab and they can sell it. I'm not one of them people, so I don't do it. But then you know the times or you see where like somebody doesn't know anything. And instead of them just saying, hey, I'm not sure, right? To me, that's the ego part of it. So that's why I feel like ego and fear causes us to overthink it and we don't move, like you said, in what that is and asking for help because we don't know it all. Not a single person knows it all. So your village and your community is super key. And like, I pray and hope that everyone has core village around them who will, even if they see something, encourages that in them. Like I have a friend, one of my very good friends, I've known her since elementary school. She, one of our like trips last year, she broke down emotional about something that was so just like simple. And I was like, oh girl, there's something underlying deeply going on there. And like only thing, and even then everyone feel those emotions. Don't keep stuff bottled in. So like, and that's the other thing too. I hate when like black men feel like they don't have a safe space so they could be Mm. vulnerable. So now you walk around here angry at everybody. Well, not even just them, people in general, like I'm not going to derail, but of course, feel those emotions. I encourage her to feel those emotions. But later I was just like, hey, I think something deeper is going on. And like, I strongly encouraged her to seek therapy. I guess she was afraid and she is afraid to like kind of go back and see why that is. But I say all that to say, just hopefully you have a village around you who will encourage you to seek the help. Because as Jamie said, we ain't licensed. (laughs) We don't have the tools to help you. Only thing we can do is encourage you to kind of push the fear aside and kind of be there to hold your hand as much as we can to support you to get kicked off on that journey. Well, yeah. One thing you said, very, very key. It's uncomfortable to sit in front of a mirror and look at the places where you can introspectively change. Places that might be a little more dark that need some light. Places that I'm not doing that the right way or I don't treat these people the right way. It's hard to sit in front of a mirror and be vulnerable and transparent with yourself. Because while we might be good at lying to other people, we are damn good at lying to ourselves. An open and honest relationship with yourself is the only way that you start to heal some of that stuff, to get through some of that stuff. Past relationships, things that happen with our parents, you might not always get the I'm sorry, I messed up that you're looking for. And when we hold other people to that, we're looking for them to give us the healing and the closure. But that stuff has to come from the inside. You can't push forgiveness if it's not ready to be given. However, forgiveness is for the healing of ourselves, not to let the other person off the hook. So until you find that you can get to a place where you want to forgive someone for the transgressions that they've done against you, 
You got to work on letting go of some of that weight on your own. And it might not be a, mom, I forgive you. We kumbaya, we're great. It might be, I have to create distance with you, mom, because I need to figure out what this relationship looks like for me and how I need to benefit from it before I can get to the I forgive you, mom part. And don't let people rush you to forgiveness. Don't let people rush you through healing. You take that at your own speed. But first you got to sit in front of the mirror and realize that there are places to heal. A thousand percent in my own personal journey, literally to what you said, again, my probably biggest trauma is money for sure. As a child, we definitely finna have them conversations, right? But being older and recognizing it, I have brought up one or two things, but as typical, at least what my experience has been and what I expect is that older generation, they don't want to talk about it. We not about to go back and talk about it. I don't know what that is. It could be shame or they don't feel like they did anything wrong. But knowing that conversation won't happen, I move differently. And this is family. I move differently. I still love them. That does not change. That will never change. Just the decisions that I make or the yeses that I make, those are different. The only thing I can control is me. So literally what you said, right? It's all on self. So how I respond to them, how I, I don't want to say handle them. <laughs> That's not the right word to say, but just like how I move with them. It's an aspect of how you, I mean, like, think about it. It may be not handle the person, but handle yeah. the connection and the relationship and the interaction that you have with them. You have to be mindful of how you handle it. Because once you see a person's colors, you have to accept what you see. You can't just turn the blind eye and act like I didn't see it. And then be surprised when things pop up again. Like people show you their colors, you respond accordingly. You choose what you want to do with it. Because though we love to place blame somewhere else, we have a personal responsibility too. So you make a decision. That's the unpopular side of it too, is I don't think people want to accept their part in it, right? I'm not super emotional. I'm definitely pretty logic. And in that, I'm always playing devil's advocate. So like, what's your role in that? Like I made a friend out here and I try to listen more than I talk and give full attention because that's where you kind of hear or see things that may be missed. And for her, she was angry and upset about something. And like later we go on these walks during lunch. And I was like, I, I was going to let you have that and feel that. But I was like, what's the why behind you having so much kind of anger or aggression towards the feeling? And she wasn't being honest with herself in that. And she oh, acknowledged it and she way. was like, oh, you're so right. And not that I did it for a right thing. I just wanted her to see all the sides because she played a part in that. Like she had just came up her work anniversary, I think like last month. And she was a bit shocked because she didn't plan on being with this company for as long as she has. But then you still have these other goal or a role or a dollar amount that you're reaching to. And I'm like, those don't align. So like you play a part in that. So that's super important. Play devil's advocate with yourself. But again, that's holding yourself accountable. Step seven to rich mindset. And it's probably the hardest thing that no one wants to check themselves. That goes back to what you said about the parental figure that doesn't want to have that tough conversation. If you bring up to someone felt like this growing up and I realize it now because I'm in my own growth pattern and it didn't make me feel good when you would dismiss, not acknowledge, whatever, whatever. And a person's like, I don't want to have that conversation. 
that could be lack of accountability. That could be they didn't feel they didn't do anything wrong. Like it could be any of those things. But I mean, you can't force people into that spot either, though. Not at all. So I kind of want to pivot a little bit. And this is probably crazy for me to assume or think, but you mentioned resources earlier. And I feel like some jobs, I work in corporate, we have counseling services That's that are free. <laughs> we get like so many sessions that are free, but then I think you might get like a discount or something from that session. And then I feel like there may be resources in school as well. But as a kid, I definitely know I wasn't mature enough to be like, hey, I think something wrong. Can I talk to somebody? With the free resources, do you think that the source of those free resources should have a part in kind of seeing behavior and encouraging someone to maybe seek help? And I think about like just in school and maybe teachers have like way too much on them. I get that. But if you see a kid's acting out again, there's a cause and effect, right? Like no one's just acting out for some reason. Do we feel like these sources of the free resources should have a kind of a hand in encouraging people? I think that anytime you are in a position to offer something to someone, whether that's a teacher or a very popular motivational speaker or a pastor, or even like me as a therapist, there should be this underlying thought of, let me be mindful of what I put out there. Can we hold a teacher to the responsibility of suggesting counseling to a student? Probably not. But when you have a role where you are impacting someone, I think that thought pattern should always be in your mind. Like, let me not be that leader that go out there and tell people to jump off the cliff in the name of the Lord. That's irresponsible. Yeah. Can we make them responsible? Probably not. Yeah. I, I just think there's a moral compass that has to be within a person who finds themselves in a position where they impart. And that is about, I think, where you can keep it. Oh, teachers got a lot going on. They be up here breaking up fights. We trying to put knowledge into your child. I'm low-key, high-key being a parent to your child, trying to make sure they ate for the day, tuck your clothes in. So is it their responsibility to be like, hey, mom, I think this kid needs counseling. I don't know about responsibility, but if the teacher individually thinks I should pull mom to the side, that's moral compass. Does that make sense? No, it does. And I feel like my question definitely could have been a bit better because I feel like, and maybe I already know the answer really to the more direct question that I wanted because it's just when we have the free resources, we still don't use them. So therapy can be expensive, right? Like people can't always start with therapy, but you got podcasts, sermons, YouTube videos, you got books you can read. Like you said, some of our jobs offer EAP or behavior health. Mm -hmm. We have so many things we can reach for. But that also has to be the intrinsic motivation of the person to get out there and seek it. Yeah. You got people who all the time talk about XYZ is wrong. It's hard for me that I'm in a different position. No one understands. What's behind the comma? What are you doing about it? Where are you going? What are you seeking? How are you actively trying to change your thought patterns? Like there is a wealth of stuff out there. But yeah, you got to have an intrinsic motivation to do that because a lot of people get stuck in their narrative. If you can put it out there, someone's listening, you're getting attention. All attention ain't positive attention, but attention is attention, right? And our narratives become like security blankets for us. And your security blanket might be made of burlap. It might be wool. It ain't comfortable, but it's your blanket. And so you hold on to it. And if someone's listening, that's attention. Why would I be wanting to change? Because I'm getting the attention. Does that make sense? 
It does. And I didn't think about that. I'm not the most sympathetic person. I have empathy, but I'm not the most sympathetic person for this woe is me type of behavior that I see a lot of times. And as I get older, I believe in protecting my peace. So I create distance or like I kind of phase them out because even here have a friend, you call it that, who I just don't talk to them about anything anymore because it could be something simple and they make it all about them. And it's like they're talking at me instead of like with me in a conversation. So the what was me don't work on me. Because if you want better, there's resources out here for you to kind of figure that out. And again, ask questions and again, to ask for help. And this is coming from a person who definitely through from elementary school, probably up to like freshman year of high school, we got evicted a few times. Right. And that's bouncing around. I didn't use that as an excuse for anything. Like I still did my homework. And matter of fact, no one I went to school with knew at all. Like unless you lived in a neighborhood and you saw our stuff sitting on the corner. Like you had absolutely no idea. And like I graduated valedictorian of my high school. Like I didn't know anything about going off to college. I went to college. Yes, I had school loans, but I was fortunate enough. I was like, I'll figure it out. I got into engineering, paid my debt off. <laughs> like, so I, I'm not the most sympathetic person. And just if you want, you do not have to be a victim or what's the saying? Like something of your of environment. Like you don't have to be for, of your circumstances. Product. Yeah, you don't have to be a product of your environment at all because there's help that's around you. Just take your ego out of it. And at a point it's like, well, what do I have to lose? So <laughs> might as well just jump out here. We don't want to be like, hey, I need help. We don't want to be like, I'm struggling. We don't want to be like, I ain't got no money or I'm really down. People think I'm supposed to have it all together or she got her life figured out or he's successful. So I don't want to look less than that. We worry about that too much rather than like, I am having a hard time. Can you tell me where to go? Can you direct me to the church? Can you direct me to a therapist? Can you direct me to a, a podcast or a book that you may have read that changed your life? It's as simple as that. That's free. You can ask somebody for a good book recommendation. You can ask someone, can I go talk to someone at your church? You can ask someone, do you have a resource of a help with finances and therapy or a place I can go or a, a community service board? It's all out there, just as you said. And that's where I think your village plays a huge part of it. So like we want to leave y'all with, and I'm not saying we, just going to talk to someone does not make you crazy or that something is wrong with you. Sometimes we just need to vent in a non-judgmental environment or we need a little guidance in trying to understand why we have these stumbling blocks if we continue to have this cycle that we can't break and we see a pattern that's there. We don't know what we don't know, but there's definitely someone around who can help you. So join the village, seek your resources. Look out for Miss Jamie Miles Haynes if you need some help. There's people around yeah. to help you, folks. There is that good conversation. Thanks for listening. I hope you were able to take something away from this episode. If so, please share and let us know. Hell, if you have a story or tips to share, share that too. It takes a village, and with each of us doing our part, we can grow and reach a level of freedom unimaginable. See you next week.